Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in with us here today. You can always find us over at pathtozion.com or, of course, here on our YouTube channel as well. And you can email us at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com and let us know how things are in your world and how we might be able to encourage you, pray for you, and uh, listen to anything that you might present to us, um, agreeable or not. Um, that is fine to present your opinion to us that way. And, uh, with the last series that we did, we've had some good feedback on it. It's been a good uh, discussion starter, um, the abortion issue, and, and just talking about the greater overlooked things within it, and, and just asking questions about, well, why, why now? And, and is the proper response just this, this vague jubilation over uh, an overturning of a, of a law? Um, are there some deeper things that, that a discerning spiritual man should maybe look into and just kind of think towards? And, of course, pray and ask the Father to give us eyes to see. All these things that come down these streams of life um, right here, right now. And, and what, what are these things really? And what are the, the greater overlooked issues as we discussed in that? Now, today I want to get right into this. This will probably, a two-part, probably be a two-part series. Um, as always, and I, I, I ask, I ask myself and, and kind of check myself, like, do I just, do I just overdo it every single time when, when something pops up in my mind or, or just is impressed upon my heart? When, when it, when I sit down and actually begin to type out my thoughts towards a matter, do I just overdo it? And, and that's a valid question. And I will in humility say it is possible, but the the thing about the Word of God and about these things that we learn and add to our lives and and in any way teach others or, or just I don't even like saying that but that we just make public and we share with anyone else to consider um, these these things are just so big and deep and and so many layers are within them that it's hard for me to like my original intent was to come on here and just do a fifteen minute video. Um, and just share my personal understanding of Sabbath and where I am now after doing, doing it, keeping it, memorializing it for three or four years now. Um, and it just grew. And so let it be as it may, and, and, and we'll see how we go. And whether or not I, I read and go over and share everything that I've typed out, we'll, we'll have to see as we move along here. But, but as you see in the title, Sabbath, Taste and See. Okay, taste and see. And, and I wanted to start out with that because I felt like Father led me here. Um, one of my Facebook posts from a couple years back, a memory, you know, um, came up from our whiteboard teaching that I do many days here in our home. Um, and it was about the, the verse that says, Taste and see that Yahweh is tov. He is good. Um, blessed is the man that trusts in him. And, and I was reading over what I typed a couple years back towards that verse. And... And I was just really, it meshed with what I was already thinking just yesterday. Um, and I'll, I'll connect the two and we'll talk about them for a little bit here today. Um, but trust here, if we just stick to the scripture and try to make that our, our main focus, um, is to take refuge in. We need to understand what it means to trust in God um, because that, that phrase is used an awful lot. Um, but as I'm always saying in my life and on the program, 
Well, what do these things mean, though? What does it mean? What does it look like? How does it practically play out to, to, to literally trust in my Father? Um, so here, rightly used, is to take refuge in. Well, how do we do that? How do we, how do we live a life that demonstrates and, and shows a life of trust, a, a life that is, is taking refuge in the Most High? Um, one way to do that, I believe, is we walk in His ways. And, and yes, I just put the emphasis vocally on His ways. We walk in His prescribed ways, not our own. We move out away from what we want and what we think is best. That is baseline belief in Yeshua and following in His likeness is what? We deny ourselves. We turn away from the ways of the nations that, that preceded our, our new creation um, experience. And, and we instead believe that what our Father said to do is what is most excellent for us and for His creation, period. That His ways and, and following them and walking in them and acknowledging that they are perfect, and whether or not I agree with them, like them, understand them fully or not, his ways, his prescribed ways for his people are the best ways. And I know that sounds very simple, but if we, I would think that if we simplified many things that we, we come and come up like to an intersection of life, of decision making and what we do and what we don't do, it's somewhat of a simplifier to just keep coming back to, okay, well, what are my father's ways towards that matter? And then take the time to, to study the Word and, and show ourselves approved and thereby move, making a literal decision based upon those, those commands, those teachings, that, that counsel that the Word of God gives us. Um, we observe our Father's commands and thereby walk out the evidence that we have covenantally joined ourselves with Him. It is a lifestyle fruit that we have been changed, and as we talk about all the time, we even talked about it in the last um, series that we did, that, that the evidence of, of the new covenant life is that you are now enabled and empowered to keep Father's ways, to walk in His laws. I mean, that's Ezekiel basically quoted. Um, and so He, He, our Father, Yahweh, Elohim, is given... His set-apart people set-apart things to do, to honor, to remember, empowered by His set-apart Spirit. And as, as you know, if you watch this, this program with any regularity, I'm a man who's just fascinated with set-apartedness the best I know how. I've been criticized about it lately, that it's a personal conviction, and, you know, don't put that on me, like, you know, you trying to be holy is just, you're just trying to be better than everybody else. And I understand that it can be perceived that way, and that's fine. I've learned to be okay with that. Um, but that that recently has, has pressed me to step back and say, okay, Father, do I in any way do this towards other people and stifle their pursuit of holiness um, and frustrate their ways by, wow, well, you don't have to do that, or that's too much, or... You know, friend, we got to be careful that, like, we don't discourage other people from, from striving to be holy as Father is holy. I mean, I don't want to be somebody who, you know, and a, a 
an old old time Christian version of that that I used to be told back in the day, 20 years ago, well, 15 anyway, was, oh, you'll grow out of that, and oh, you'll calm down, and I know you're excited now. I remember, I remember what it was like when I first got saved and how zealous I was. It'll wear off. And like I've just never been okay with that kind of thinking of just just calm down a little bit, you know. I've been told you're 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 too heavenly minded to be any earthly good and all those types of things that are just really discouraging if we allow them to be. And so may we not be a people who who are like that towards one another. May someone come to me and say I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm I'm trying to align my life according to the word of God the best I know how and I'm growing and I'm maturing and I'm excited and um, I'm studying the word and I'm sharing it with people well make sure you're just not being too legalistic about that don't get too excited don't hurt people you know and like a lot of times we can stifle someone's pure zeal to do the things of our father and to and to walk out, hopefully, <laughs> a life that is patterned after uh, Messiah, which was one that was pretty distinct and set apart. If if we're going to be set apart, we need to look to Him as our, of course, as our example, our one example. Here we are again with that. Um, but again, to kind of get into where we're headed today with Sabbath, taste and see. Um, although many times Hebrew words means something completely different than our English language. Taste here is pretty much what you would expect. Um, try the flavor. I mean, this is this is even very simple. This is no real deep, complex understanding here. The the taste part of taste and see is 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 often related to to food. Even biblical first mention is speaking of eating food like honey. Um, taste it. Try it. Um, literally. <laughs> Try the flavor and see, okay? Now, now people tell me, I've heard this many times um, over the you know, recent years, as, as, as me and my household, we've moved into feasts and Sabbath. Um, well, God hasn't told me to keep Sabbath. Um, I've prayed about it. I've, I've asked him, are we supposed to do this? Um, I have a real hard time with that one, just personally. Um, because we're asking for a personal revelation when we've already, excuse me, been told in the Word of God. I mean, fourth commandment, anyone? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds really like harsh, but what about the fourth commandment that's on the walls of, of Sunday churches? I, I don't, I don't really understand the breakdown on this one. There's a lot of spiritual things that we could talk about of what that has done and what it's accomplished with the doctrines we've inherited that have removed the fourth commandment. I mean, let's just be honest. It is no longer applicable. We've taken that one out. Um, well, you know, has anyone um, told you to honor your father? Has, has Yahweh told you in a, in a prayer time to honor your father and mother? Like, did you need to seek him about that? All right, God, I will honor my father and mother after I pray and fast for a month. And if you tell me to. Well, that would be that would be silly, right? Well, did he did he personally tell you in in your quiet time to not murder someone today? Don't. Yeah, he told me I should not murder today, so I'm not going to, because he told me not to. <laughs> um, well, more on that later. But the fourth commandment. I mean, it's 
this is this is even back to and we'll touch on this even going back to my moed understanding that I'm that I'm still coming into and that I've been sharing in measure here we did the series the moed the the father's appointed times his seasons um and really when we start to understand those things and how it's a creation based pattern and cycle we begin to understand this is a whole lot more than like again here we are this is not a, a day for Jewish people, you know, or as, as we will touch on as well, this is, we're not talking about what day we go to church. Um, I, I've of course heard that with, with a big misunderstanding towards Sabbath is, so are you telling me I'm just supposed to go to church on Saturday instead of Sunday? No, no, this is, this is not about that at, at all, actually. Um, it does take some explaining, but I will mention that now for those who still, believe that that might be what I'm presenting, which I am not. So taste and see, okay? Taste and see. And and let's connect this now as we've talked just briefly about this understanding of taste and see that Yahweh is good. And my presentation is that we we do that by walking in his ways. And we we eat of them. We taste them and we and thereby by literally again to use this word to um, try the flavor and I know that sounds almost juvenile, but like, let's just stick to the text. And then you will see, oh, Father's, Father's ways, oh, here's an epiphany. Father's ways are best. This is good. This is tov. This is what's best for me because the one who created me, created me to keep, remember, honor the Sabbath. Huh. And I know that that is an epiphany that many people are still awaiting. They're, they're still it's still yet before them. But I've had that myself, and that's what where I started with this today. But I want this taste and see really got on my radar, um, so I wanted to make that connection first. Um, so I always tell people consider consider doing feasts and Sabbath for one year, friends. I, I'm almost fifty, and and I have learned quickly that years are nothing anymore. And here, now that we live on a farm, when, when we first moved out here and I got to know our neighbors, who are, of course, born and raised farmers, cattlemen and, you know, just just simple men who live in the mountains and, and take care of their land for the most part. I, and they would tell me about these projects. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a 10-acre fence in two years. You know, I've got that kind of on the calendar for in a couple of years. I'm gathering materials and I'm doing this and I'm going to add some Angus. And so at that time, not long ago, six years ago, like, you're making plans for something that's two years off just to put up some fence? (laughs) Or something that maybe they would tell me a project they're going to do. You know, this time next year, I'm going to put in some waterers. I'm like, why don't you just do it, friend? Why don't you just start it now? Well, um, just in the course of life and, of course, specifically in the type of life we have here, I completely understand. <laughs> a year is nothing. Years are coming and going like the wind blows through my pasture. Whoa. Holy cow. My son's another year older. Oh, my gosh. And so am I. And time is just flying by. And so what I what I propose to people who are willing to actually engage in the possibility is, Take 12 months and do the entire feast cycle. Okay, do. And that's where, well, and this the panic ensues. Well, what do I do? And they said this, and I read this, and I read that. Well, we'll get to that as well. 
So don't let's let's start with some practicalities then. In case you are one who is willing to say, you know what, I'm going to taste and see Sabbath. And feasts we're not really touching on today, but of course that's an easy one to attach to Sabbath um, for the understanding of the appointed times in the Moed. But don't worry about calendars, okay? Don't worry about calendars and all the specifics of how and what. Use your Bible alone as your handbook, okay? The Bible is sufficient to show us what to do. It is enough. There are extra things. Many of them are just traditions that have been handed down like more modern traditions. They have some good things within them, and they can point us to some things that are very good and right and significant and necessary in the right sense, but not necessary in the sense to biblically keep, honor, memorialize, and remember. There are plenty of extracurricular things. Traditions are ancient, old, <laughs> and, and not always necessary. Um, memorialize them. That's what I touched on when I've talked about Passover here. And the biggest thing about the, the Moed is remember. Remember. Memorialize. Make a marker of these things. Okay? Start anywhere and try the flavor. Taste. Taste. And to use this text correctly, taste and then you'll see. If you just taste, if you just taste this honey, because again, first mentioned in the Bible, if you just tasted this, friend, you would be hooked. You would, you would be able to see what Yahweh has, has buried within that item for you to experience. But you have to taste it. You'll never know how it tastes, how it is, until you partake of it. I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. So memorialize these things. And we're sticking to Sabbath, of course, but start anywhere. I'm bringing this up because most of us has, have remained stuck um, in the cyclical sequences that we have inherited. Sunday church, when I shared this uh, part of my testimony the other day with someone I met about our Sunday church experience. And when we came out, how we did is, is somewhat specific to us, but, but also very common. And we just didn't know what to do, my wife and I. We didn't even have our son at the time. And like, what do we do now? <laughs> I guess we have to watch a video or we have to read a certain amount of Bible verses. It's Sunday. And these things are ingrained in us, like eating breakfast by 8 and lunch at noon and dinner by 6. You know, we are a, we are a designed people. We're very formulaic in what we do and, and what we... Are you hungry? I don't know, man. It's six o'clock. It's time to eat, right? I mean, that's just kind of how we live. And, and Sunday church thinking is that way as well. And, and it takes all of us a season uh, to break out of that the confines of that religious stronghold um, that has been upon the, the body of Messiah. It's very strong. I understand. I experienced it myself. Um, communion rituals. I just wrote out a few things here. Witnessing practices. Denominational doctrines that are quite subliminal in many cases that, that we find for the rest of our days are like, why did I believe that? Oh my gosh, I was taught that uh, in you know 1983 in Sunday school. Oh, God, that's still there? That's not even true. Those things are for the rest of our days to be uh, being cleansed of and get them out of our life. The list is endless. Um, but it would be good for us to break free of these things by tasting and seeing that there's a whole world of things that Yahweh has given to his people that we've just not heard about and we've not partaken in. 
Um, now, it bears mentioning again that, that that has nothing to do with Sunday church attendance or Saturday church attendance. Um, we're not talking about that. And even that is, is there's, there's much discussion within Saturday versus other calendars and things like that. But I don't want to confuse anyone today. In fact, we want to keep it very simple, the best I know how. Um, now, let's talk about this real quick because we're going to move into talking about some scriptures about Sabbath when it appears and, and the verbiage within it. Why was it worded the way it is? How does it pop up um, in other texts as well? Um, and I found this very interesting. Is one of the very first things that the Creator blessed was the Sabbath day. Okay, Genesis two, verse three, and and th- this that was that was cool. Okay, so He blessed. He's creating man and woman. He's creating you know all these things every each day, and of course the seventh day, He blesses the 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 seventh day, the Sabbath. But not only that, this is, this is what I want to kind of get on this horse and ride it for a while. He sanctified it. He sanctified the seventh day Sabbath, okay? So it is different. If we understand sanctification, if you watch this program, I drive it home like an endless point of, of holy, consecrated, set apart, and um, sanctified. And that's what Sabbath is. And that's what we are called to be. We are called to be a set apart people. Um, keeping set apart appointed times, okay? But but it's worth noting we have to talk about this for a little while to help maybe add to your understanding of, of the significance, the biblical significance and the heart of the Father, the Creator Himself, who designated the seventh day as different, distinct, okay? At creation, Father made it holy. He made it sacred. He made it distinct in a word we don't really hear anymore. He made it hallowed. Okay, it, it, it kind of stands alone. It sits separate by itself. It is a line up the seven days, day one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven is set up on a pedestal, if you will, and marked for all of time from the beginning of time that we, as we know it, as separate and sanctified because he sanctified it the seventh day. It was literally created different than the other days. Now, now I want to share some personal things about my uh, arrival, arrival at uh, my Sabbath understanding. Very briefly, of course. Um, consider a real-life invitation um, of sorts. Um, well, let's, let's do this first. I'll get to that in just a second. Let, let's read Exodus um, 31, 13. Because Sabbath, Shabbat, we know it is a sign. Uh, now, it's a sign for what? And it's a sign... For whom? I mean, who is it for? Well, it's for Yahweh and his set-apart people. And it says this, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout all of your generations, that you may know that I am Yahweh, who what? Who sanctifies you. All right, let's sit here for just a second. And that's why I wanted to get to this before I get to my personal testimony part about Sabbath. Can we can we just can we allow the word of God to be the awesome um, teacher that it is, please? So, surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout all your generations. Why? Okay, why? So that you may know that I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. 
Okay, so please make a mental note of this. If you are one who are are considering Sabbath, because we hear from people who are like, I just I'm feeling compelled to to move away from Sunday and and, and pursue a Sabbath understanding. Um, how do I do that? How do I how do I present this to to friends and family? Because I don't know why, but they're very vehemently opposed, and people even get like agitated and angry and tell me I'm going back under a curse. And like, how do I navigate that? And and so that is a a, a common um, thread, if you will, of of making the transition to to cling to what the Bible says about the set apart, consecrated, sanctified day that Sabbath is seventh day. But it is a sign for Yahweh's people, so that that so that we may know that he is the one who sanctifies me, us, okay? Do you see the connection, okay? So to use the Bible alone as our teacher, a sanctified holy day is a sign that is used to sanctify and make holy a people, okay? And so, well, and I can already, I can like feel, because this is what I went through, and we'll get to this, Brother, I'm holy every day. Every day is sacred. There's a song I used to listen to I don't anymore. Every day, everything is sacred. That's not true according to the Word of God. There's not some magic wand that Jesus waved and then he died on a cross and shot up into heaven where everything's okay now. Everything's holy. Eat what you want. Do what you want. You know, all this thinking about everything is sacred now. Um, I will share why. I believe now that that is a very arrogant and prideful approach, um, and we have missed the the evidence and fruit of living as sanctified, holy, um, separate people. And so again, let me just read this to make this point clear. To use the Bible alone as our teacher, a sanctified holy day, according to Exodus 31, is a sign that is used to sanctify and make holy a people, Okay. Are we okay with needing to be sanctified? It's a valid question. Um, do we think that we need to honor, keep, memorialize a sanctified holy day? Are we above that? Are we beyond that in Jesus now? Are we, we're just already holy enough in him. It's all him anyway. It's not us. I don't need to do anything. I'm in the finished work. I'm resting in the finished work. I'm going to propose in a little bit, it's going to end up being in part two, that we have misunderstood the Sabbath rest teaching um, that has permeated the modern day church. Um, We have misused it and thereby abused it. And I would say not deliberately, um, but we have done so. We've we've missed the point um, is my understanding. And I'm going to present that here in a little while. Um, But let me share this and we'll wrap up part one. Where this came from is two days ago. Um, right now, it's Saturday. No, it was last night. It was yesterday evening. Goodness. Um, I got home from work a little bit early, so I went out and I, I jumped on my tractor. And I had to do some bush hogging. And so I'm riding around my property, and I'm just going for it. That's just kind of my personality. I'm just I'm getting it done, and I'm not, I'm not stopping until it's done. Or I run out of gas or, or, you know, whatever. I'm thirsty. It's, it's, it's crazy hot. I need to stop and go up and get a drink. But it's, it's quite a process to get off the tractor where I was and walk up to our property. Or to our home, rather. 
So I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm just going to keep pushing through. So I'm just riding this. And I know that it's Friday evening and, and that the way we presently honor, celebrate, keep, memorialize this sanctified holy day is beginning on sundown on Friday evening. Um, Friday night, you know, which is, you know, shoot, sundown right now is 9 o'clock. And so, but I, in my mind, I'm postured to know that I'm entering a, a, a different day. Um, the week is ending in our house, and I'm entering a different time. I'm entering a sanctified holy time. And so in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards that as I'm working, as I'm laboring. And I was just reminded of, of what epiphany I had um, several years back towards this. Um, of I was at a table with several brothers. The Father had led us to a congregation for what he told us was a season of learning. And, and it was that. And I remember having the conversation. They asked, you know, my thoughts towards Sabbath, seventh day. And I was like, ah, I just, I don't get it. I'm, I'm, and I said all the things that now make me laugh. Well, I'm in the Sabbath rest, man. I'm, excuse me, I live a life that's holy all the time. And, and I wasn't trying to be like, I'm holy every day, brother. But I mean, like my heart's posture is like, I'm always scrutinizing what we do and what we watch and how I, how I speak and and what we ingest, and, and where we go, and what we listen to, and what all these things. I try to live every day as a called out, set apart, holy one, somebody who's sanctified. I really do. I really meant that then, and I mean it now, but like even then, I mean, goodness, years into my journey, years into my journey, hopefully some spiritual maturity behind me, I understood then in great measure what it meant to be holy in many ways. Now, it's changed a lot. It's really progressed, but I understood that. I understood embracing being different. My wife, the, the, we dress very modest. She covers her head. She has long hair. We're very noticeable and identifiable. We don't go to movies. We don't do sports. We don't, you know, like all these things I could list that, that many people say, well, you're just legalistic, man. You don't even love your life. Well, that's just hogwash. People don't understand, and they don't ask most of the time. But we, we live a deliberate life and have, have for years of being different, of being holy, the best we understand it. And so I was sharing with these brothers this, that I'm always communing with my Father. My, my life is set apart. My days are holy. Um, and, and they were very kind, which is very helpful. And they said, I see the fruit of your life, brother. Like, y'all, y'all are different. You're, <laughs> you're very sober-minded and and you have removed like all these things because i got i had got to know them by this point i can see like you you've you've come a long way you've covered some ground they're very kind towards me but have you thought about yahweh's day have you thought about his sanctified day um what about him what about what he called different he called distinct um and without going into all the details i had a moment that morning at that table with those men, those brothers, that changed my life forever because I had to address in me something I did not know until that moment. The only Holy Spirit can do. I was arrogant. I was prideful. In my zeal to be holy and in my zeal to be holy all the time, I'm always sanctified, man. Don't you know Hebrews? Don't you know Paul's teachings? Yeah, they did, more than I ever will. But what about creation? 
And what about Exodus 31? And what about all these other things that they shared with me? That in that context, I had not heard before. What about Yahweh's holy day, Joel? And I just remember, I literally, I sat there. I said, I just need a couple minutes to just allow the, the Spirit to work in me towards this. And I just surrendered my, my innocent, if you will, arrogance towards that matter of, of missing my Father's holy appointed day. And I did much more when I got by myself later that day and have done much more since then, um, several years back, since that day, of con- continually addressing. And, and I will add this. I realized on the other side how every day was really now at the heart, every day was really mine to do with whatever I willed with it. It really was. Even Sunday, well... I mean, I can go into all these different things, but like, we still just, friend, we still just do what we want when we want to do it, right? And we have to have to put our hand on the, now, now, of course, this is debatable again, and and I'm not even saying one thing's for sure or not. I, I'm kind of, I'm just floating right now in this, as far as calendars go. And well, when is Saturday the, sat, the seventh day? Like, biblically speaking, and lunar calendars and all these things, it's not about that. And we people get hung up there, and they enjoy doing that, because if you argue about that, you never get to the heart of the matter. And so let us be careful that we don't miss the heart of what we're talking about in those debates and discussions. But whatever the case, on my calendar right now that I just have to admit I live within, the seventh day is today, Saturday. That is the calendar I live within the confines of presently. Whether I like it or not, that's where I sit. So we mark Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. And that is our marked holy day. In our best efforts and our best present moment understanding that is full of flaw, that's what we do. And so I realize now that I set apart that day, and, and we'll get to these verses as well, about how you turn your foot away from, from what you want to do on a marked, sanctified day. Well, why would you do that? Friend, you do that so that you can taste and see. I'm tasting in the Sabbath understanding and in the Sabbath experience, if you will. I'm tasting something I had not tasted before because I had never partaken of it. I had never eaten of it before. I had never given myself to try it and see if it was for me. And guess what, friend? It is good. It is tov. It is my Father's way. And I didn't realize how much I needed it until I tasted and did it. And what's do it? Remember the fourth commandment. Remember it and keep it holy. Friends, the world has forgotten it. Why, why are we told in that commandment specifically to remember the fourth commandment? I would say because Father knew we would forget. Father knew we would put it aside. I don't need to do that one anymore. Again, well, anyone can, can, can know that murdering someone's bad. I don't need a commandment for that. Well, the, the Sabbath has been forgotten. And I would believe Father knew that when he sanctified it and thereby said, Hey, hey, remember this one. Remember this one, friends. I'll share more about that in a little bit. But my entire understanding was changed several years ago when I willingly humbled myself to say, You know what? Maybe, in my best efforts, I've missed memorializing 
Father set apart, sanctified seventh day. And I have tasted and I have seen. <laughs> it's changed my life. And it continues to. And I believe it will the further and further we progress. And so consider that, won't you? We'll talk more about it in part two as we talk about Sabbath, taste and see. You're watching the Path Design podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Go to pathdesign.com, subscribe, like, all these things, whatever you want to do, and uh, reach out to us if you want to. Path Design Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back for part two coming up next.